don't even know what to say to introduce ourselves. Uh, well, this is the first one, so it better be something <laughs> clever. We're losing <laughs> <laughs> listeners by the millisecond. Uh, well, why don't you start off by introducing yourself? Okay. Welcome to the new flesh. This is Brett Arnold. Uh, hi, I'm Joe Avella. Joe Avella was just laughing miserably at my introduction. Miserably. Ugh. All right. Well, this is the new flesh, everybody. Hey, it, thanks for listening. This is a podcast, which is like radio on the internet, if you have to explain it to your relatives on who your don't smart understand phone. it. Oh, you listen to this when you commute. On the to your job that you hate. That song you just heard was Scorched Earth Brouhaha by The Kickback. Great track, great band. Off their debut LP, Sorry All Over the Place, which They're is gonna... available now. Where? Uh, wherever CDs and <laughs> vinyl records and Prob- MP3s are sold. And maybe a, a digital format, probably. Yeah, you can get it on iTunes, Amazon. Uh, they're a great band. They're from Chicago. They love Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks the band or Twin Peaks the show? Twin Peaks the show. But great I'm, show. The jury's still out on if they like the band. I don't know. Well, they should. Also, Chicago band, excellent. All excellent. right. So, Brett, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What What? What are we doing here? What do you, why, why are we doing a show? Why is it about horror movies? What's the point of this podcast? Man, there's too many. There are too many. Mm-hmm. Um. We've listened to several horror podcasts. Not impressed. All bad. All bad. This is clearly, you know. Already. Yeah. Already better. Already terrific. <laughs> hilarious. So the idea here is this is a podcast mm-hmm. where we discuss, dissect, and riff on the latest horror movies. Yeah. Uh, our favorite horror movies. Definitely. Uh, talking about franchises that we love or hate. Mm-hmm. The idea is we're going to have on awesome guests. We're going to have a mix of hilarious comedians like uh Douglas Movies' Jeff Tate is going to be on soon. Very funny guy. Better be. <laughs> We're also <laughs> going to have uh, some indie filmmakers on. That's going to be really cool. I'm excited about that. Now, let me ask you a question, Brett. Yeah. Mm. Why would anyone listen to us and our opinions about horror movies? What What do you do for a living again? I work for this little website called Business Insider. Mm, great site. Really small. Like, not a lot of people know about it. Not <laughs> up a lot and of, coming. Up and coming. Not up a lot of readers. I write movie reviews for Business Insider. Yes. I run their social media, yes. which is less interesting for this podcast. But, Brett, I mean... I've read a lot of your reviews because we're also colleagues, and I think that you are a uh, good writer, good film review guy. I usually don't like film criticism, but I think yours is very good. Well, thanks, Joe. So that's why I'm doing the show with you. And my name is Joe Avella. I don't write anything, and I love horror movies, and I also hate most of them. Oh, Joe hates everything. (laughs) So I figured that uh, me and Brett, we always talk about movies, and he's always like, he sees everything, and I don't like anything. So I figured if we could have a show and we could agree on what movies to check out, that, I mean... That information is worth thousands of dollars, I think, in advertising yeah. dollars. The first order of business for this podcast, let me give you a layout of what it's going to be today. Uh, our main topic that we'll spend most of the time talking about is Eli Roth's latest, The Long Delayed Green Inferno. Green Inferno, baby. Green Inferno, which is a reference, of course, to Cannibal Holocaust, which is a real fucked up movie. Really screwed up. I watched yeah. it for the first time a couple months ago. I mean, it came out like in the 70s, right? Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is like... I want to say it's 80. This is pretty this much... This is already terrible. We don't we don't know <laughs> what year Why don't you go ahead and Google we're that talking about go- uh, go- came out. Google that and tweet me what year uh, Cannibal Holocaust came out. Do it right now. Are you talking to the, to the listener? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're doing all the work here. They got to do something. 
But I mean, regardless, I, I finally watched it. <clears throat> yeah, I was right. It's ago. 80. I'm, I'm a mo- smart person. The movie's nuts. It's like, whoa, this is this is rated R, right? It was like, there's some pretty brutal things in that. Well, book. I don't know if it was it rated R because it was it was cl- it was banned. It was one of those movies that's on like the list of banned things. Yeah, it's unrated. It's uh, just it's it's a tough nut to crack that one. Right. And Eli Roth has retapped into the cannibal horror movie uh, zeitgeist, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll talk about how we did. Yeah, I actually haven't spoken with Joe about it yet. I have no idea if he loved it or hated it. I know what Brett thinks about <laughs> it. I read his review. Uh, but based on Joe's history, I'm going to go with he didn't <laughs> like it. Uh, mm, that's a <laughs> teaser right there. I don't want to bury the lead. We'll find out. All right. So before we get into that, uh, let's do some quick hits on uh, horror news. Let's do it. Uh, tentatively call this section Bits and Pieces. Bits and Pieces. All right, so don't print the T-shirts yet. We might change the name. So the uh, that, that's the uh, placement name right now, Bits and Pieces. All right, so uh, the first bit of news we're going to talk about is some Nightmare on Elm Street news. What do we got? Uh, Bloody Disgusting spoke with Robert England, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he plays Freddy Krueger, yes. for those who don't yes. know. If you listen to this podcast, I assume you know who Robert England is. But uh, the quote here is that or the the story here is that he believes New Line is going to remake Nightmare on Elm Street again. Ugh. Yes. We need sound effects of groans yeah, for that one. I'll be adding a lot of those. <laughs> well, we all know how the first remake went. It was garbage. Yep. So the interesting part here is he said, I think they may be remaking a Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, which is Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors is the most successful and popular of the franchise. Most deaf. And he says it would make sense for them to... It would make sense for them in a kind of Nightmare on Elm Street cinematic pun to hire Tuesday Night to play the mother because she played her own mother then, if they were to do that, because she played the daughter in the movie. Right, right. So it's very cyclical and meta and very, very like new nightmare sounding, kind of. Now, didn't he say he was, I think he sent out a tweet, though, that he was like, I'm not going to be involved in anything right, real or right. perceived. Well, the rest of this article, he goes on to say, this is what New Line's doing. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. I uh, He will never play. He's basically saying he's never going to play Freddy again. Yeah, and I think I speak for New Line when I say they don't want him to play Freddy again. I mean, he did a great job, but they would never have asked him to do it again. What is he, like, in his late 60s now? Yeah, and that's kind of his only thing. Yeah, I mean, a fine actor, and I love Freddy Krueger, but, you know, for him to be like, I'm not going to do it again. I'm sure all the executives are like, who's Robert England? Yeah. And I remember being really excited when the remake came out, like an, like an idiot, because <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley was cast. I th- you know, I thought he did a good job. It's just like, why are we remaking this movie? Right. Why are you remaking this movie? Why is Michael Bay's production company oh. involved? Oh, that, we need a whole episode on Platinum Dunes. Yeah. I, I can't stand that that school of horror the problem is is like all these 80 horror movies that we all love now it's like they have like a certain sort of like you know something to them like they're almost like je ne sais quoi yeah thank you and like um you know whether you like them or hate them there was like a moment in time and like to remake them seriously or to remake them in a new like a newer way is just like well you're you're like taking out what makes them so special and at the end of the day it's just like well if you take that out they just have like some dumb movie about a guy with a claw for a hand (laughs) right right and then the remake was so baffling in that it tried to like you know do its own thing yeah. while also just shamelessly like Never ripping works. off sequences from the first one, and it didn't work, and no one liked not. it. It didn't work with uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Excuse me, yeah, it didn't work with Friday the Thirteenth. Try to reboot that. Didn't work with Halloween. 
Uh, didn't what else? The, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All this shit. It doesn't work. Yeah, for the most part, I agree. I think Friday the Thirteenth had promise for the the opening. If you remember the, of the remake, I don't. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> it was an extended sequence. You introduced. I think yeah. you introduced to all these characters. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen, and I, th- I think they're all killed. And then it cuts to the title, like thirty minutes in. Is that is that right? I'm pretty sure. I want to say Marcus Nispel made this movie. I could be wrong. That he might be the one behind the the terrible nightmare remake. Hey I Marcus, if you're listening, could you go ahead and tweet us and let us know if you remade that uh, that <laughs> the, 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 the at Marcus Nispel. Yeah. He's in there right now. He's like, oh snap, I did. <laughs> uh, sorry about that tangent. So anyway, um, I don't know if they're remaking it. I hope they don't. And if they do. No chance they want Robert England in there, except for maybe to pop in for a minute and play like the teacher who's like, mm, don't go to sleep. And right. they'll go, oh, there's that guy. We well, used to be Freddy. And then then the, the rest of the, sh- the movie's a shit show. Yeah, terrible. So, all right. So, all right, Dream bit. Warriors. Dream Warriors, though, if you, I don't know if you're a big fan of the franchise, but that is the yeah, best one. That. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's so good. All right. Uh, let's get on to our next bit of news here. Paramount announced today mm-hmm. they're delaying the release. Of rings. Bad sign. What's rings? Bad sign. It's the ring three. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it was once called ring 3D, of course. They uh, switched it to the rings, which is promising because it's not, it's not gonna be banking 3D on 3D. I don't know if it's going to be or not. No one knows. Mm. It stars Johnny Galecki from oh, the Bing yeah. Bong Theory. He's fine. I got nothing against him. No what comment. I, okay. I've, I've never watched the show, but uh, the clips I've seen. Not gonna be fair. I never saw. Fan. I never saw Ring Two. Oh, it's terrible. And I thought the the first ring was just fine. Uh, the first ring was definitely a bit over. Is maybe still a bit overrated. I think yeah. it's very good for what it is. It's like it ushered in the era of PG thirteen horror, J horror. Yeah, yeah and, and creepy kids kind of slowly walking. And creepy and stuff. kids slowly Shout out to the ring and creepy kids. Yeah, I mean it was fine. I mean, and I guess if it did well enough in the box office, it'd make more. But I don't care about Ring 3. What do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty disinterested, so let's move on. Yeah, screw you, Ring 3. Forget you. What do we got? Uh, next up. Next quick hit. No, ne- I'm sorry. Next bit. Is this like a bite? bit or a piece? A piece. Next piece. <laughs> no, 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 next piece. That's where we put that sound effect. Uh, John Carpenter yes. will be performing his iconic film soundtracks live for the first time. I know. That's going to be cool, man. It's terrific news. The 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 caveat here What's that? is that it's in Iceland. <sighs> yeah. Live stream it, bro. Yeah. Hey, uh, so if anyone goes at a periscope it for me. <laughs> right? I, wanna, I would love to see that. I bet that'd be a lot of fun. I love his soundtrack work. I like that album that he put out. Uh, was that earlier this year? The new yeah. new sessions, new yeah. faces. It, Lost something? themes. Lost that, themes. Yeah. I was way off. I <laughs> uh, would totally dig seeing that live. What do you think he plays? Think he's gonna play the guitar? I don't know. It says here that uh, the festival is well welcoming Carpenter, his son Cody, and his godson Daniel Davies, <laughs> who's the son of the Kinks, Dave Davies. Oh, I smell a ringer. <laughs> Yo, uh, Dave Davies, it's Carpenter. Look, man, I got this gig coming up. Make a long story short. Uh, can I be your son's godfather? <laughs> uh, Kink's Carpenter collab is exciting. Yeah, I have I'd, to say. I, I would. I look very much forward to seeing that in some capacity. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, uh, take the tour to New York City, Carpenter. Yeah, come on, Carpenter. All right, let's do one more. Uh, Pick your favorite. Okay, this is one you suggested. Oh, great. It. 
the first, not maybe not the first, but mm-hmm. a image was released oh, yeah. of Ash from <laughs> Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. That that dates when we're recording this. I think it was today. I saw it on Reddit. They had like a, a production still of Ash, Bruce Campbell's character in the Evil Dead TV show. Oh boy, I'm not. Uh, I, I I went from being interested to worried with that image. You saw, right? I saw the image. What do you think? It's not. It doesn't instill confidence. No. But it doesn't. It doesn't make me any less excited because the trailer. If you watch that, oh, I, I don't it think I've seen it yet. Is awesome. Is it dope? It looks really good. Because right now he looks like he stepped out of a wax museum. <laughs> I mean, right? It was just like, whoa, what the, you're not going to look like that for the show, are you? No, it was. That was it, very, very <laughs> concerning. It was very. <laughs> this is a joke, right? Like, we'll put the, we'll put the image on the yeah, site. Yeah, it could have been like a still for like the new Ash Halloween costume. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Yeah, uh, the trailer makes it look way better than that, I promise you. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. So those are the quick hits, quick bits. Right. Uh, to, uh, segment to be named later. All right, and now this section is going to be. What did you watch this week? All right, uh, which has a theme song, and it goes a little something like this. Just throwing some theme song right here. Okay. All right. All right. What a great theme song. Great job, everyone. That was fantastic. So, uh, Brett, what did you watch this week? Keep in mind, this is this week. Yeah, there's a lot. Unbelievable. What did um, you see? The New York Film Festival is happening right now, so I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of these potential Oscar contenders. And you get to see that stuff for work, correct? Yes. All right, so we got to get me a press pass now that we have a podcast. Yeah, we can get you into these guys. Beautiful. Okay, All right, that's the whole so reason I'm doing this. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about what I saw. Give me um, your favorite. What was one? Uh, do you have an order you want to do this, or why don't we just like hit him real hard? Yeah, uh, my favorite one that I saw this week was De Palma. Yes, tell me all about it. It's a documentary that's basically like a living autobiography for uh, Brian De Palma. Beautiful. Uh, made by Jake Paltrow and Noah Baumbach, surprisingly. That is weird. Yeah, it's very weird. These indie filmmaker guys, uh, the Paltrow is Gwyneth's little brother, and he works with Baumbach, or he worked with Baumbach on Greenberg, I think. Mm. And Baumbach is, you know, indie darling. They uh, basically put De Palma in front of a camera and just let him talk about his movies for about 90 minutes. All right. Each movie gets like two to five minutes. You go through all of them, Scarface to The Black Dahlia, which which he says people didn't like because uh, it was too good of an adaptation of the book and the book is confusing and he wanted to keep that air alive. Oh, oh, all right. I mean, I don't think it's fair to go, oh, no, you just thought it was bad because it was confusing, but the source material is confusing. It's like, okay, well, you know, then you purposely made something confusing and that (laughs) irritates people. Yeah, the movie is really candid, and he just talks a lot about his influences, and there's a lot of Hitchcock stuff in there, because if you watch any of De Palma's work, yep. Hitchcock bleeds through it. He spent a lot of time on Body Double. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Uh, what is my favorite bit from De Palma? Uh, favorite film or favorite? No, like a like, uh, piece of information that I learned. Oh, you learned from the thing. Yeah, um, what, what, what would be something that would surprise the casual? Mission Incos- Impossible. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <laughs> Great film. I believe it is Mission Impossible. 96, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Brian De Palma directing. Robert Town wrote the screenplay. Is that right? Yeah. And apparently there were, they had differing views on how the finale should, ex- should what, it, what it should be. Yeah. And uh, De Palma ended up winning. He wanted that, that train sequence. With that, the gum. Yeah, that, that's in there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you made a face like I'm wrong. That's right, right? <laughs> no, that that's gum. correct. Yeah. So it was just funny to see 
them fight about it. And Tom Cruise is like the straw that broke the camel's back and made it so okay. De Palma's way is gonna is what we're gonna get here. Yeah. Uh, in Casualties of War, the Sean yes. Penn, Michael J. Fox Vietnam, Vietnam. rape film. Yeah, there's no way to put, uh, way to put no it. There's no other rape. way to put uh. it. Uh, in the movie, there's a lot of tension between Sean Penn's character and Michael J. Fox's character. Yeah. And that apparently bled on to the set of the movie to the point where there's a scene where Sean Penn is is whispering something into his ear that inst- that starts a fight. Mm-hmm. And apparently, according to Brian De Palma, what he whispered into his ear was television actor. <laughs> and then they got into a real little fight there. I think I speak for everyone when I say, wow, Sean Penn is so cool. <laughs> He's done nothing wrong in the eyes of anybody. That guy is just so cool. I love when he makes jokes if he presents people with the... Uh, Best film Oscar. Oh, man. What a clown. Real funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so De Palma was a really, I, I don't know whether to recommend it for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like a aficionados of, of any, fans. I think, yeah, film fans. I mean, I'm definitely going to see it. De Palma I, I didn't fans. know about it until you told me about it. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really compelling watch. Uh, it does have like the aesthetic of like a DVD bonus feature yeah. or like a commentary track, mm-hmm. but because it moves so fast and there's no not that much time spent on each movie... It's very easy to watch. Okay. So what did I see? What did Joe see? I saw Green Inferno. Oh, <laughs> man. And I also watched that movie Calvary, but I fell asleep. Oh, you fell asleep? Yeah. Because it was bad or because you're a sleepy boy? Uh, I'd say because I was sleepy. Kind of just, I don't know what my problem is. Great review. I'll try. <laughs> my review, I bet it's good. I fell asleep. Six out of ten. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's what we saw this week. We'll be back right after this something. To talk about Green Inferno. Peru is dangerous. We can't just go invade a country because they're doing something that we think is immoral. I know. I just think I should be doing something about the rainforest. It's time to make a difference. Why are they doing this? What are they going to do to us? (laughs) We have to get out of here. You know what this is? You know what they're doing to us? <laughs> and we're back! And alright, so uh, let's start our first, our first episode, first film review, Green Inferno. Green Inferno, as we mentioned earlier, it's an Eli Roth vehicle. It seems like a passion project. He's very excited about it. Uh, basically, he took a film crew into the Peruvian jungle and shot a movie there uh, with the indigenous people and made this movie about cannibals killing a bunch of Americans. Yeah, inspired by, uh, like we said before, inspired by um, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. You know, there's a lot of talk about him wanting to, being a fan of the uh, jungle, uh, savage cannibal horror film genre. I can only think of two, uh, but I guess it's a genre. I'm like, okay, fine. And then... Uh, Said he was going to make it. Didn't hear much. And then, at the earlier this year... It was delayed. Mm. And you'd think it's some horror story of it got delayed because someone like puked too hard or it's, yeah. a, it's really visceral. Or it's just too intense and they want to make these edits and the filmmaker's like, no, this is my film and there's like a standstill. Yeah, it's actually nothing that edgy. <laughs> nope. It's really just the financier of the movie. Yep. I want to say it's Worldview Pictures mm-hmm. or something. They Their CEO got like fired and they're scrutinizing all the deals that he made yeah. and they just didn't have the money to release it so it got pushed off the calendar 
And then eventually uh, Blumhouse yep. Tilt picked it up, which is a new label. Yeah. The only movie that's on there, I think, is Creep right now. Oh, Bat interesting. Creep. Uh, yeah, so now it exists, and you can go see it if you live in uh, probably Chicago, New York, L.A. It's definitely in New York right now. So, Brett, what did you think of Green Inferno in case I didn't think to Google your name in Green Inferno yet? It was fine. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. There are many things that really upset me about it or bugged me and mm-hmm. made me not want to throw praise on it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It was a very mixed bag for me. What about you? The same, but I think you're being a little kind. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I want to say I didn't like it. I was just very disappointed. And the reason I was disappointed was, and I keep falling for this with Roth. And I'm. This is like I'm never, never doing this again. Every time something comes out with Eli Roth's name on it, it sounds amazing. It sounds like it's gonna be cool. It's hyped. Uh, like pe- like earlier views, like it's amazing. He's on a podcast and he's, and he's talking so eloquently about how great it's gonna be. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And then I see and it's just like, oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's how I felt the whole movie was just like, oh. This is the first movie he's directed since 2007. Which was that? Hostel Part 2. He directed Hostel 2? Yeah. Or he just, oh, I, I thought he just produced it. You know, the Hostel movies are actually a great example. Like, you heard about those movies and it was like, oh man, this sounds like such a cool idea for a movie. And I saw the first Hostel, I was like, whatever. Like, you know, just didn't really do it for me. And, since then, that's just been the feeling that I've had about all of his films. Of course, they are so spread out that I keep forgetting about that. And then when I heard this was coming out, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. So seeing this movie, I saw in the theater. I hadn't seen, I mean. When's the last time you went to a theater? Before I had been Green a very long time. And I went to the theater because you told me to go because we had to talk about it for this show. So first of all, right off the bat, the first 30 minutes of this movie, completely pointless. <laughs> when they're in New York? Completely pointless. Every single thing I need to know about these characters, which there were way too many, I could have gotten from the time they landed in Peru or whatever to when they finally staged their first uh, first protest or whatever. Yeah, it's really overdone, and they really uh, drive home that uh, slacktivism yeah. stuff. Really annoying. Eli Roth think he's make, thinks he's making some sort of really potent political statement by having these characters you know, taking selfies. and uh, I think, let me find a quote from him. He said the film, the cannibalism in the film is a metaphor for how people are shamelessly consumed by their vanity and need for validation nope. on social media. Nope. Uh, I see what he was going for, and there are moments when I thought that was amusing, uh, but it's not some amazing, like, people are going to change their minds about how they feel. Right, and, you know, just, just in general, with the we talk about that and, like, these ideas that he had for this movie and whether they're, like, real or I would say maybe he might be, like, you know, uh, reverse engineering concepts into it now that it's done, but you know I can't prove that. I just feel that like every element of this movie leading into it was seemingly half baked. You know, for a guy who is always like being described as like, torture porn, and all of his movies have these horrible like death and all this blood and stuff. I mean, it didn't really get to that stuff to seemingly like forty five minutes in, and that's fine. Yeah, right. But it's but everything before that. I'm just, I remember just thinking the whole time, oh, just get to it already. Yeah, you're you know? not wrong. And the first death, uh, Jonah. Yeah, that the first death is actually really, really it like was so cool, so right? messed and it was up, gross and awesome. You're like, okay, here we go. Here yeah, we go. Here that we go. made I was smiling ear to ear, which sounds so bad for people who don't listen to horror, don't watch horror movies. They're gonna think I'm a lunatic, right? But that scene was terrifically done. It was so good. Yeah, I mean, but but, but by the time we get to that, it's been 45 minutes of terrible teen dialogue. I mean, he just yeah, he's a bad. He's consistently dialogue writing pieces, or making things about 
young college students or like early 20s people he tries to like get like a glimpse of like look at the normal millennial today in all of his films or whatever whenever they take place and it's always the worst dialogue the, the worst acting what the one blonde girl the blonde friend who stayed behind that's sky sky, Fer- yeah. sky ferrara or whatever yeah. like i get that she's like a musician and i guess people think she's attractive but oh my god like everything that came out of her mouth is pulling teeth it was like the most just the worst character it's just too obvious right so then you just sit through like and i think he is trying to go for this thing where it's like oh i'm just setting up a very normal environment so when the craziness happens it's gonna be such a shock it's not it's just boring i don't feel for these characters i couldn't tell you what any of their names were there was the main girl and i just remember there was the main girl and then junie from spy kids and there was that uh, the annoying like uh, activist guy who turns out to be a piece of shit yeah i don't even know what his name was yeah he was not american but either way he like the group that they eventually go with is like, tw- like I have like ten or twelve people, and I, and right away when I look at all those people, I go, I say to myself, he's bringing all these people, so he's gonna kill all these people. Right. Great. Then when the plane crashes, half of them fly out the back. Yeah. So when they finally crash, it's like five of them, and I think, why couldn't it just been five to begin with? Then yeah. we could. Then why do we focus on a group of twelve people who w- were borderline meaningless? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It just seemed like just stuff like that. Like this whole thing felt like a first draft of a pretty good idea. And the reason I think that it is like that is because, you know, Eli Roth, he doesn't, it's almost like he comes up with great ideas or buys great ideas or produces great scripts or does something that like sounds amazing and hypes it up for a year. And like the movie is almost like, um, like he's just like a second, like a second thought. He's like, oh yeah, okay, everyone's talking about. It. I've already pre-sold tickets. Everyone's like, the hype. I'm gonna make all this money. Then the movie's just kind of, yep, yeah, all right, yeah, close yeah, enough. Yeah, they're always very middling. Close right. enough is is, yeah, is there you go. well put because he's too busy either trying to make four minutes of intense gore and then also thinking about you know ad campaigns. By the time we get to this point, we see it and we're disappointed. He's already on the next. Yeah, thing. knock knock is coming out there in like a week, and that's gonna be super hyped to be in the nerdist the week before it comes out, talking about oh I'm so passionate about whatever that movie's about, and then we'll all get hyped again. And I don't know, just uh, the whole thing fell flat for me for a movie that probably was 90 minutes. Yeah, right. It, it felt, felt incredibly felt way long. long. Oh yeah. god, it felt yeah. so long. And just some like some random things that I picked up on. Uh. It's, it's another college students in trouble in a foreign land. That's like yep. hostile. There you Check. go. Uh, I think that this was his point, but maybe not. Do you feel that he tried to tell the story that the plane crash is a misdirect? Or not, not I'm sorry, not a misdirect. Everything leading up to it was like a misdirect to this cannibal movie. Like almost like the way from Dust Till Dawn doesn't turn to a vampire movie to like an hour into it. How do you mean though? Like what would it be if it weren't? I don't know. Like let's say you'd never had any idea what this movie was about. Okay. Like, and then you just start sitting there. Do you think that he wanted the audience to feel that this movie is just about these teens who go to, like, try and, like, be activists? Yeah, and, maybe. and they have, like, a weird dynamic. And you in the theater are supposed to be like, whoa, the plane's crashing. What's going on? Oh, my God, they didn't kidnap me. Yeah, but in 2015, you can't do that. I totally agree. You can't it do that. It feels like Hostile is sort of like that. Yeah. A, a, a lot of the movies and projects they do Aftershock, that terrible Aftershock movie. Aftershock is awful, everybody. Right? That's another one where it's like, Oh, aren't we clever? We're setting up this movie in this one way, and then an hour we're totally gonna twist it. You think there's no? This isn't what a misdirect is. This no. is just it's, it's false misdirection because the entire audience watching these movies is there for a reason. They know exactly why. They know it's exactly all, it's why. It's on the poster. There. It's on the. There, yeah. There's no way to to. Well, there's no way to like do a plot misdirect because that's how they're gonna sell the movie. Right. I mean, so like when Psycho came out in yeah. this in 1960. It was a 60. Yeah. 60? Yeah. yeah I don't it was 60. Yeah. And they. They had ads that said, you know, don't don't talk about it. Don't tell anybody yeah. what it's about. And yeah. everyone, no one knew what it was about. I mean, even the title Psycho should clue you in that it's not 
whatever the first 30 minutes of that movie are. Yeah. The MacGuffin with Marion Crane driving around with all the stolen money. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Was that before they had uh, uh, trailers for movies? I have uh, no idea. I don't know. I'm sh- There may have been, you know, those rough, rough cut trailers, but... I forgot it. I made this note for myself. Okay, so I, I had this thought. Look, I don't know anything about cannibal cannibalism. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. So the whole thing, I'm watching this thing, and, I, and my mind is being like, well, this is nonsense. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I have no idea what a cannibalistic tribe is like, so how would I know? But there's one point, I forget when it was, maybe it's like the first girl who escapes, you know, who just gets to the boat or whatever. I remember when she's like running out of the village, she ran past a bunch of cows. And I remember thinking, why don't they just eat the cows? <laughs> right? Did you think that when you saw like all these like domesticated animals in, in the village, you're like, well, why would they domesticate animals if they aren't eating them? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right? You would. Why would? Why would? It, why would they be like? Let's torture these people and eat them. Right? And like, like trap them and they fight for their life. And the guy's fighting and getting his eyeballs ripped out and stuff like that. There's a cow just standing right there. Just push it over, and that could <laughs> that could feed three times as many people as a person can. Uh, I'm just going to read some quotes here from Eli. Oh, this is this is Eli's. This is Eli. This is pure Eli. And what do we got? It encompasses everything you just said about him and how he overhypes everything to me. Right. So we went. We went in the Amazon deeper than anyone has ever shot a movie before. I wonder. I went so far up the river. We went to a village where they had no electricity, no running water, and they never before had seen a movie or television. We had to explain to them conceptually what a movie was. And we bought a television and a generator, and we showed them Cannibal Holocaust. Mm. They thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen, but we had to know whether they were down with it or to let us in their village. Thank God no one got killed, but there were tarantulas, there were spider bites, there were snakes. It was insane. Yeah, that's a jungle. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody had to get deparasited after we got back, but the footage was incredible. I mean, I don't know. To say, like, oh, I showed this villagers who'd never heard of television or movies a movie and that they thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah, you could have showed them anything and they would have flipped out. Like, yeah, like a imagine, commercial for cereal. Like, right. oh, my yeah, God, like, like that they, toucan. They don't have any concept of what it is. Of course they would have left. But any, regardless of how true that story is, I question how true it is, who cares? Yeah. What is What does that got to do with this movie? It doesn't. He's just trying to justify... Like, he's just, he's so self-inflated. It's crazy. Here's another quote. What do you got? Uh, I love Cannibal Holocaust. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. But I really wanted to do something that was much more like a Werner Herzog movie. I wanted it to look like The New World, The Mission, or Aguirre. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. What even is that? close. I, <sighs> That's what upsets me so much. If this movie, if I didn't read all of this stuff before yeah. I'd seen it, mm-hmm. maybe I would have been okay with it. Right. I would have been like, oh, this was like a totally okay za- or a cannibal movie. Yeah. But because he hypes it up so much, we went farther in the jungle than anyone's ever gone. It's going to be like a Werner Herzog film. Your film has nothing to do with Werner Herzog in any way. Right. Just because you shot in a jungle doesn't automatically render it high art. And I and I would also say, hmm, I wonder when they, you know when they usually put up the DVD. Here's what I'm wondering. So this movie was not nearly as violent as I thought it was going to be. Not yes. like I needed to be violent, but it was. Again, felt like it being built like you won't believe how crazy this movie gets. Yeah, that's the entire marketing campaign. Now, what I, here's why I think that this whole thing was marketing because obviously it could come out in DVD and, and streaming and all that shit in a couple months, and I guarantee it's going to be like the unrated version. Another thing that horror movies love to do, his and all of them, they put it on the theater, and everyone's like, yeah, it kind of sucked. And then when it comes out on, on streaming or whatever, it's like the unrated version, yeah. like all the stuff that was cut out. So you'll, you'll be tricked into watching it again and going, ah, it still sucks. They added 30 seconds of blood in a tit. Yeah. No one's editing this stuff out. I see, ho- I see gory shit in movies all the time. Like you'll see it again. You're like yeah, big deal. I mean, we might see the tip of that one guy's dick. What was that with that scene where that guy goes to take a piss? Yeah. And you're like looking at a tarantula slowly walking towards his dick. I'm like, why am I looking at this guy's dick? I don't care. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was, they it was, baited us with uh, 
Junie Dick. Junie, uh, guys. Let, let from me think Spy of, Kids. Uh, the part where they put the weed in, in her okay, body. Okay, let's talk about that. Oh. Because, okay, these are the moments that took me out of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's a it's a movie that should be horrifying yeah. because people are getting eaten alive. It's trying to be heavy. Uh, cut limb from limb yep. on screen. Dude eyes got, gouged out. Dude got fucked up. Yeah. yeah, it was really graphic. And then he's gonna make literally a diarrhea joke, <laughs> a weed joke. Yeah. It's just like what? he's so juvenile. Like what movie are you making? Yeah. Why he, is this in this? Why? Uh, that's the question I had. And I have a friend who saw it who thought. Oh, I like the tone. I thought it was fun. What tone? tone? There is no tone. That's, Every that's, tone's in it. Yeah. There is no consistent tone. All those uh, diarrhea and weed jokes in those Werner Herzog films probably yeah. <laughs> just somehow made their way into his. Yeah, uh, Fitzcarraldo, the scene where he shits himself. So it's this my is, favorite. This is where I go back to why these movies feel a little half-big. So for those of you who haven't seen it, I mean, you can probably guess what it's about by now. But there's one plot point. Sorry for the spoiler alert. A guy's got a bag of weed, and one of the girls are with can't take it, so she kills herself. So they know they're going to eat her body, cook it, and eat it. So when no one's looking, they shove a bag of weed down her throat. And this bag of weed couldn't be more than like an eighth. Yeah. They put it in there so they, so they then cook her. Everyone's standing around the cooker, getting like smelling the smoke of a whole body. The entire tribe. Eats the body. And then suddenly everyone's acting like they're on mushrooms. Yeah. It's one of those movies that is so... Here's, like yeah, so oblivious to what weed is here, that everyone's yeah. like, well, the walls are caving yeah. in, man. Here, here's my note: How strong was that weed? Question mark. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is like this just feels like whenever this was written, probably thought, okay, I want to get them to escape. There's got to be a distraction. Think, 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 think. Oh, I know. I'll have the guy get a bag of weed earlier so they can stick in the body and they'll all get like a contact. You know those contact guys you get when you're out in the in the jungle, right? You know, and like not in an enclosed space. And if just, and you know how like if you eat something that was cooked with, I mean. That's not how it works. What do you, that's, they didn't. Like, that's not how this works. That's not how that works. But it just seemed like, oh yeah, that'll get, that'll get them out for this chase scene that they wanted to put in. Yeah, and there's another line that upset me. It was one of the girls when they're about to, they're talking about how they're going to have to eat their friend that killed themselves. And yeah. she goes, I don't want to. I'm vegan. Uh, uh. Um, that, I guess, if people, you know, if you dislike a movie, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing something I think Matt Stone said. Whenever you see something that usually sucks, it's because it's just a bunch of things that happen one after another. Like this happened, then this happened, and then this happened. And that's usually why most horror movies are bad because it's like, okay, this, and then this, and then this. And you're like, I don't care. Why are we doing this? And that's what this whole film felt like he's just like now now they need to run through the jungle why oh i don't know gets everyone high super because because i wanted the cool chasing jungle scene okay now we got to do this she's almost going to get her uh, uh her uh, the female circumcision why oh because it'll be really tense so just make up a reason of why they've gotten her and they're going to be doing it to her out of all people right now the yeah. whole thing is just like like a list of things he thinks are really cool to show right but i don't care and none of it makes sense on why it's going one to the other and it doesn't help that no one in this movie can fucking act yeah, I mean the lead is his is his fiance. Oh, is she? Yeah, I, or his wife. I don't know. I think I told our our coworker Graham, who also saw the movie. She does look like a lot like my sister in law. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> like there's sometimes I'm like, oh Let's man. Let's talk about this for a while. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean to tell you the truth, because I like my sister in law. I'm like, okay, well, I'll watch this. You know, this like. <laughs> I hope you survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, I guess I got stakes in the sort of, but it just I don't know. I don't. That's not even a point. No, it's not a point. But Sorry. it's funny. Um. <laughs> And what I'm, I said earlier that it's obvious, and by that I mean that the lo- the opening sequence of the movie mm-hmm. is literally the main character sitting in a college lecture about. 
female genital mutilation. Yeah, like as a class. As taken. a class. And then, of course, yeah, I later, later, I wonder if that'll come into play. Just like how the weed thing, before it comes into play, the way they set it up is so obvious. There's a shot of him putting Can it I in Can I get a shoe. bag of weed? Yeah, I want to get a bag of weed. Here's that bag of weed you asked for. Okay. Be careful. It's really powerful. This weed's really powerful? Sure is. Great. Thank you. I'm going to put it in my sock where no one can find it. Sounds great. Also, uh, if you give someone pot who asks for pot, they're never just going to pocket it and wait several <laughs> hours. Not a thing. Absolutely agree. Yeah, so I guess just overall, the pace and the tone of this movie was off because it felt like all the shit in the village, which we don't get to for like the first like 45 minutes, is all the cool shit he wanted to do. And then everything that had, all the boring shit that happens before it is almost like to justify it. It's just so just poorly laid out. And then when the girl finally escapes and gets back and spe- like... I have this note. It's like, everything's back to normal. Still in school. I would think if this happened to me or someone I know, but they got to take the rest of the semester And off. wasn't, didn't was she like, like lie about it? Yeah. That she, the, for some reason, it's just Why? Like, I didn't get that either. Uh, because I think she went there wanting to help people. And then the implication, I think, was the reason that they're torturing and killing these people because they thought they were the workers because they were wearing the uniforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then therefore, this is like their ritual to like, maybe like to stop the, uh, the, the deforestation that's killing the people. So then when she gets out and then she goes back, she's like, she lies to the board or whoever who was asking her, like, what exactly happened? She made it sound like, oh, yeah, the plane crashed and everyone died except me. And they nursed us back to he- me back to health or me and some people, the only one who survived, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like, I, I don't know what the point of that was, really. At that point, I was just like, I don't care. Yeah. To but me, it, se- it seemed more like, why are you, you know, it, it, it was it was almost played out like, you know. Next, that later that day, like she just gets out of there and like now she's like back at university. There's her friends. There's her father. Like far too casual. Yeah, yeah. Just like oh, whew, that was crazy. Again, it all just comes back to the fact that he hyped it up so much mm-hmm. as this like unforgettable experience that you've never seen anything like. Yeah. And then the first death had me going. Yep. Thought it was gonna be like that. Hour deep. So if you're going to see this, just show up late. Yeah, just show up late. If they're still in New York, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, if there's like a fat dude lying down about to be maimed. Don't go to the bathroom. Yeah, stick around. Shit's about to get live. Yeah, but besides that, every other death, we can like name them. Uh, A guy gets eaten by CGI ants. Oh, I forgot about the ants. (laughs) Oh, There are CGI ants. You're watching a horror movie. About cannibalism, time and a, a person gets they break his mauled legs. by ants. Yeah, they like like to, to to punish him for trying to escape. They stick him. Yeah, it makes that, no goddamn sense. And that does, but the, I didn't think about till just now. If they're all like eating these people, then why would they torture and this guy get killed by ants? Why wouldn't they just eat him next? Yeah, there's no internal logic to anything in yeah, this like, movie. Yeah, like like what they be like? Oh, we'll we'll send out a message. Don't try to escape, or we'll do this. As opposed to what you ch- chopping my limbs <laughs> off, ripping my eyes out of my head, and, and I made me pick up ants. Me? It didn't yeah. seem that bad. <laughs> yeah. it's like, Huh. He was ants. still talking after? Yeah, I never thought about that. <laughs> ants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Who else gets killed? Like, none of the... De- there's no more big deaths besides Jonas. The girl, All I remember yeah, is the girl. Yeah, the, the one girl kills herself. Yeah, uh, she slits her throat with a bowl, right? And, uh, and we need Because we need her body to stuff the weed in, to do the weed scene. You yeah. Know, right? I mean, every every choice, you're like, why they do that? Then, like, it, it quote, pays off, but it's like, well, the payoff was what they wanted to begin with. Yeah. And it's like re- reverse engineer some Very dumb plot disingenuous. Point. Yeah, that is an excellent way. Of putting it five, and I guess the reason that I'm so mad about this is that I thought this movie was gonna be awesome. I know you were hyped. I you was were mad so when I hyped saw it. to see it. <laughs> oh my god! And my my fiance wants to see it, and she's in town this week, so she was mad that I was going to see it. But then I hit her up and like, yeah, don't don't see this movie. Uh. A lot of missed opportunities. A lot of this and then this and then this, and just just don't bother. I mean, you want to talk about the whole trying to like 
the whole marketing thing. I mean, look no further than the end credits. When the credits start to roll, did you notice that? It was their names and their Twitter handles. No way. You didn't notice that? No, I probably left before that yeah, happened. Yeah, the, the, the credits are rolling and, and the main people in the movie, it just has character name, real name, Twitter handle. What? What? 2015, what? baby. Like, what does that do? For, well, I'm in a theater. Like, what I'm gonna, like, yeah, I'm going to pull out my phone yeah, yeah. And, and follow. And, and, and frantically type in her Twitter handle. I don't see any... What could I get from that moment that I couldn't get if I just thought, well, I want to follow the lead of Green Inferno on Twitter? Yeah. You know, you're probably following Eli Roth at this point. Yeah. Really I don't weird. Know. Oh, wait a second. Did So you didn't say for the credits? No. Did I miss something? You sure did. What did I miss? I'm going to explain to you maybe the dumbest thing in this whole fucking movie. Okay. So, it's two people left in the village, right? It's the girl they've been following or rooting for, and the asshole activist who got them in that mess in the first place. She leaves him behind. He screams. We're like, oh, he's dead. So the movie ends. The credits roll. Now, you remember the whole plot point about getting back to the plane to get that like uh, GPS phone? Yeah, the And GPS they get phone. it and bring it back, but they don't get a chance to use it. I forget the batteries. It's like, it's yeah. like batteries dead or it doesn't have service. Or something. Okay. So while we walk, we leave the village knowing that that guy's probably about to die, and there's a GPS phone in the village. So that's how she lays this whole rap about how she was the only one there, and they're so nice to her, and everyone else is dead. The credits start rolling, and then like 15 seconds in the credits, you hear like a phone ring, and it stops, and it's like dark, and you hear the lead character like, "Hello," and so this woman is like, w- "Real quick, what was what was the uh, what was the guy's name? What was the main activist's name? Let's say like his Alejandro. Name is Alejandro. Or like, this is Alejandro's sister Rosa, or whatever her name is. Uh, we we were able to get the picture with the satellite tracking the GPS phone, and we found this image, and then it shows slowly zooming in the area and like slowly like getting like more and more in focus, whatever. And the last shot of it is a picture of that guy now like all painted up like that crazy black painted up dude. No. And there's like, look at this picture. And like, like <gasps> she's like, we need to talk. And then like it cuts out. They set it up for a fucking sequel. Okay, that, that I knew they were setting it up for a sequel because he announced it. It's called Beyond the Green Inferno. <sighs> I don't know if it's going to happen now, but... I mean, I think it made a ton of money. <sighs> Damn it. Is that just the stupidest thing? So he's one of them now? I guess he is took over. Is that the implication? I don't think it's one of them. I think it's the implication that he is now like one of the leaders of the village. That is absolutely insane. Took him two days and now he's Doesn't calling the shots. Doesn't make any sense in context that of makes, the movie. That makes no sense. You, you, Zero. He, How would that be possible? They're going to fucking eat him. Let me ask you a question. You know what? When I saw that, right, I thought, like, there's even a better way to do this. What is this? This is the sister. We have this GPS image or the satellite image. We use the GPS that was left behind. Why couldn't it have been the guy calls her? Hey, this is Alejandro. What? I thought you were dead. I'm not. And then, like, <laughs> it, like and it was like, oh, no, he's still alive. Like, that, that to me raises the whole thing. We have a satellite picture of him or whatever, and he's still alive in the village and standing there like he's so great. Like, but again, that to me seems like I bet the whole shit about that GPS phone was just for the, I bet he had that cliffhanger first. <laughs> he wrote that first. Yeah, and then yeah. like reverse engineer, oh, there's a phone and it's out of batteries. We got to get it back into the village. So they got to escape, but they got to be brought back. Blah, 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 blah. Is that uh, stupid? That's that's stupid, right? It's terrible. You're so, right. Uh, I know we were hard on this movie. I just, like I just thought it was okay. But I yeah. mean, this this is what the show's for. Yeah. Like, I want to lay into it. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, it's the worst movie ever. It, no, it was, it was fine. it's not the worst movie I saw that week. It's, it's I think the reason people should understand the reason we're so passionate about this movie is I can see a way worse movie on Netflix. Yeah. And I'll just be like, that sucked. This was like frustrating because yeah. I wanted There's to be good. There's such potential. Uh, yeah, yeah, so much potential. And Eli Roth, it's just like, hey, we, we, we as a horror fan community just have to go enough with this guy. The problem enough. is also the mainstream, I don't know if it's just 
horror people or just yeah. the mainstream in general. Mm -hmm. But there's this sense that he's like amazing. Like I, I totally saw agree. him referred to as uh, torture porn, tor torture porn auteur today. Ridiculous. And I wanted to vomit. It's a, this is Quentin Tarantino's fault. He has to say that dumb. He's a future horror line. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I guess it's the future. I Let's guess just, it's true. Yeah. Oh, this guy's great. It's, he's almost like uh, Adam Sandler. Every time Adam Sandler comes out with a movie, everyone's like, oh, he's so funny. I loved Happy Gilmore, or whatever. And then yeah. it's a flop, and it's just like, hey, everyone, this guy made one good movie 15 years ago. All right. Yeah. It's not. It, it's, and it's, Eli it's Roth, over. I do. I will praise Cabin Fever all day. Yeah. I love that movie. I don't really but understand there, this remake that's happening, if you're aware. Is that really that compelling, though? Like, there's plenty of filmmakers in every genre who their debut film, like, blows us away. This yeah. is a genius. And then they forever make a bunch of garbage. Yeah. Like, why don't people make this much of a big deal out of, uh, what's that guy who did Time Crimes? Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy's awesome, and he's made a bunch of shit since then. He made that Open Windows movie with, uh, with Elijah Sasha Wood. Sasha Gray. Yeah, and it's, uh, right? And, like, no, but no, when that movie came out, no one was like, oh, he's the, he's the master of sci-fi. It was just like... Made a good movie, got to Hollywood. It's made a bunch of shit. Why are we yeah. acting like Roth is still yeah, hot? Yeah, the media hot. really treats Roth as if he's some guy with a silver Marketing. spoon. It's just Marketing. bad. Yeah, I think he's had enough chances. And to me, this yeah, is just like... If, if you talk to any, I would say, real horror fan, right. no one's going to be like, oh, Eli Roth is the man. It doesn't seem like it's anyone always, likes him. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't know anybody that thinks of him other than like, oh, yeah, he's the guy who was the bear Jew. Yeah. And like, he's okay in that. I, I would even say he's pretty terrible in that. As, as an actor, but that's beside the point. Yeah, it's a good role. Good I just feel, you know, I just feel disappointed in Eli Roth. That's all it is. Yeah, I guess maybe because it's the hype too. I just always like, oh yeah, this guy. I think we as horror fans just want someone so bad. We want like a John Carpenter or a Wes Craven or someone to be like, oh my god, every time they do a thing, it's like an event. But we don't really have that person now. At least we don't know them by name. So we just we're just dumping it all on Roth. Yeah, and we're just letting him get away with too much stuff. I thought that was gonna be Ty West. Was our like yeah. master? He's maestro. got. Some, I mean, he's. It, they've gotten progressively. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, how's the devil? So got good. me so excited for so this hot. guy's future. Yeah. Innkeepers mm, didn't not make bad. me more excited. Yeah, it's like, all right. I was I was okay with it. It was good. And Sacrament. And then Sacrament was a letdown. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited for his new western. Hell yeah! I think and I think he's probably like you know what? I'm done with the horror. I'm gonna do something else. Good for him. Good for him. You know. Bad for you, Eli. Eli, why do you do this to us? Yeah. We want to like you, man. I mean, there's got to be someone else that's going to pop up soon and be like, oh, this is the person who, like, knocks out with horror films. I can't I, wait to talk about Knock Knock with you in, like, two weeks. Can't wait. Um, yeah, I don't know, James Wan, maybe, because th those guys still do Sinister or Insidious. James Wan is returning for Conjuring 2. So the, he, he does a Conjuring franchise, and well, he also he, did... He did Furious 7, and they want him for 8, and he said, no, I want to do Conjuring 2. Yeah, he's like, I got enough yeah. money, and, I, you know, whatever. Um, was it... Um, but Insidious is them. Yeah, right? Yeah. They're doing okay. Sinister is uh, not them. Are they going to be the guys, though, I guess is the question. I don't know. Juan is, de is definitely in the mainstream. People love The Conjuring. Mm. It was such a success. So he can keep cranking those movies out and make money, but like horror fans are going to get pretty tired of that. Yeah. They're all the same. All those haunted house movies are the same yeah i agree even the conjuring which i like i like them yeah it's good it's fine i thought actually yeah i thought like insidious 3 was terrific yeah you told me that i gotta check that out because two didn't do it for me yeah one two, was hot though one was one hot. was real good rose burn i love it that rose burn <laughs> that patty stew all right we're uh we're, we're closing in an hour here so wow. i guess we'll just wrap it up yeah 
All right. Well, thanks for listening. We will be back next week or so with another episode. I have no idea what we're going to watch next. Yeah, we haven't decided on what's next. Hopefully, we'll actually have a guest next week. Yeah. Ideally, if we can figure out how to do that. Yeah, if anyone knows how to have a, a guest call in or whatever, uh, <laughs> tweet at us. You guys have a lot of tweeting to do. Yeah. Start now. Start by following me. That's at Joe Avella. I am at Brett Redacted. Very nice. So uh, thanks for listening to New Flesh. I'm Joe. I'm Brett. And goodbye. Get the video, Joe. Long live the new flesh.